One of the things that we value very highly in Life Church is the fact that we believe that the Word of God is true. The Bible is God's Word, and we believe in the Bible. And uh, so we're going to be spending some time in God's Word to talk a little bit more about Easter, about Resurrection Sunday. But I'm going to ask you, if you would, please, don't look at your, don't look at your bulletin. Don't look at your calendars. Don't look at your iPhones. I want to know if anybody knows what's the date today. What day is it today? 21st of April. 2019. Well, that's really good. You know, my dad was in a, in a home at the end of his life, and he had uh, he did have dementia. Uh, he's, he was pretty pretty with it. He always knew me and and stuff when I went to see him, and he took great pride in always knowing the date. And I, frankly, I don't usually know the date. I remember I looked it up for today to make sure you all knew the date, because I don't usually keep track. Because uh, that's on my phone, right? I just if I want to know the date, look on my phone. Simple. Uh, except you know April Fool's Day and you know Christmas things like that. I usually know those dates. But uh, it's it's very it's very interesting that we don't say it so much anymore. But there's something that goes prior to the year, and that is AD, right? And that means well, I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But so. I wanted to sort of just transition into the story of Easter, and it's I'm calling it the, the day that changed everything. Easter is the day that changed everything. And there's a sort of a synopsis of the events of the, the at least the end of Holy Week that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So if you have a Bible with you or your... your um, apps on your tablets and iPhones, or you want to see it on the screen. I'm going to start prior to what I have on the screen, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 1, the Apostle Paul is writing a synopsis, and he says, let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and, and, you, are still, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. In verse 3, it starts starts to say this, I passed on to you what was the most important thing and what had also been passed on to me, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, just as the Scriptures said. And he was buried. And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures said. And he was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of whom, at the time of this writing, are still alive, although some have died. And then he was seen by his kid brother James and later by all the apostles, and last of all, Paul says, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. And today is the day. Today is Easter Sunday, and Easter celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the day that changed everything. There's some things that it changed, and first of all, it changed the calendar. Now, when I was younger, I went and stayed and lived in Japan for a little while, and 
they had just in the last uh, few decades from when I was there back in the in the 70s, they had just changed from their sort of celebration of the emperor's uh, reign, and so the dates would all be it could kind of be related to emperors, and this is something that happened all through history, including back in the day when Jesus walked the earth. They t- they had addressed the years by the emperor's uh, reign or by some some king or some event or something, but when Jesus rose from the dead, it changed not the very time, but it did change how the years are counted. And now we count the years A.D. 2019. And that A.D. is a, an abbreviation. And here's where I demolished the, uh, the language, demolished the Latin language. And it means in the year of the Lord. So A.D. And it is, uh, it is Latin for Anno Domini. And I, that's, that's not so bad, but it's going to get worse, okay? Uh, but this, it's actually a contraction of, uh, of, a, of an expression, Anno Domini Nostri Jesu Christi. I practiced. Don't ask me to say it again, okay? And so A.D. represents Jesus Christ. So when you see the calendar and you see the year, it actually has a reference back to the life of Jesus Christ. And B.C., you know, the year, you know, 800 B.C. or 1200 B.C. or whatever, th- those, those are years prior to Jesus Christ, and it goes backwards. And apparently, they tell me there's no year zero. So it went, it, it's not like, um, you know, a, a linear thing in mathematics where, you, you, know, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, 1, 2, 3. It is, it's, this goes 1 and then 1. There's no zero, apparently. And uh, this was this was established in uh, the year 525 by a guy named Dion, who lived in uh, Bulgaria, apparently. And that is that is uh, it was uh, more widely used around the year 800. So I don't actually know what they did. I think they used the emperor's years or something up until then. But since that time, the calendar has been changed. This is one of the things that was changed by Easter Sunday, by the resurrection. And so we use that all the time. And uh, not so much now with the AD thing. We kind of got it, got it under control. We realize that it's, you know, 2019. But it's actually AD 2019. Apparently that starts, and it's because of the Latin context, the, the A.D. part, Anno Domini, uh, it's the, in the year of our Lord, 2019. And then, but prior to Christ, it's, you put the B.C. on the end. Okay, so it's 300 B.C., b- before Christ. So one of the things that changed with Easter is the calendar. So whenever you see your calendar, just remember it's actually all about the resurrection. Now, it, it's, it's about the life of Christ. It's about the death of Christ. It's about the resurrection of Christ. And it's about the ascension of Christ. It's about the whole story. But it's Easter Sunday is actually the resurrection is what gives credence to the whole thing. If there's no resurrection, the Bible even teaches that actually it's all pretty much empty. And it's, it's the Christian faith is centered on this idea of the resurrection. The second thing that happened uh, with, the, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that the perception 
of the value of women changed. Now, I want to, I called it the perception of the value of women because women are valuable whether we perceive it or not. Okay, some of you missed the cue, okay? I said, women are valuable whether we perceive it or not. At the beginning, God created male and female in the image of God. And so without, without females, we don't even understand enough about God. Same with men. Women, you don't understand. You don't understand men. But you, if there's no man, you couldn't understand God properly either. Because we need, both, we need both to be able to understand what his image is and who he is. But women were the last ones at the cross when Jesus died on the cross. And they were the first ones at the resurrection to see the empty tomb. Women were valued by God and by, uh, by the message that Jesus came to bring. And Jesus repeatedly liberated and affirmed women, treating men and women as equals. They were last at the cross, first at the tomb, the first to be entrusted with the message of Easter. And so whatever, whatever accusations there are against the institutional church and, and the, you know, all the whole thing with gender equality and so forth, just remember the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is that there's this great equality and honor given to the station of women. Now, that wasn't true in the culture when Jesus rose from the dead. It wasn't true at that time in the culture. And as a matter of fact, it's one of the things that, one of the reasons that we can believe the resurrection is true, that so much was placed on the testimony and the, the affirmation that women brought to the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. The, if it was, if it was a fake, if it was fake news, they wouldn't have made that up that way. They would have said, okay, well, you know, Peter and John and some of the big wigs, they went and they found out, and they're the ones that really know. And, and it kind of would have, the story would have, wouldn't even have included women because women were not valued. In fact, their testimony in court wasn't even accepted at, at that time as being of, of any weight. It was strictly a man's world at that time. But the gospel, the good news, that's what gospel means. It means good news. The good news of God's kingdom, of God's message, of the, of the salvation through Jesus Christ and the resurrection. The good news was given first to women to proclaim. It was women that went to where the disciples were at risk, for sure. But the women were also at risk. But the, the, they were behind locked doors, and the women went and told the guys, hey, something's up. The resurrection happened. The tomb is empty. And so the message of women was, was very, very in uh, front and center in those things. Now, there was all kinds of witnesses and people that, that gave testimony to the resurrection. And there's a little clip. I, there's, it's, a long, it's part of a longer presentation, and this is just one of, I think, five points. But this was a point that uh, a fellow named David Fiorazzo, 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 well, thank you. I never heard of this fellow until I saw him this week online. And so I just wanted to give you just a little clip of, uh, of what he has to say. Heard 
This is one of the most compelling proofs of the resurrection of Jesus. Thousands of people saw Jesus' miracles. At least hundreds of people were eyewitnesses who saw him after being raised from the dead. And many were mentioned by name in the Bible. You better have your facts straight if you name names. The eyewitnesses include Mary Magdalene, the other women at the tomb accompanying Mary, the Roman guards, the 11 disciples, two others on the road to Emmaus, over 500 people at the same time, and then James and then Paul. Now, Jesus lived on earth another 40 days before ascending to heaven, so it's safe to suggest there were probably many more eyewitnesses. I couldn't get a nicer picture than that to end on. Sorry about that. <laughs> Freeze frame. <laughs> so that, that just gives you a little bit of, of the story. There's so many different people. And what happened to give added credibility to the, um, I, the story, that I, I'm, the testimony they gave, the, uh, the account that they gave, and what they believed about the resurrection, most of those people, that were mentioned on that, on that little clip there. They died a horrible death as martyrs because they would not deny the truth as they believed it. They were credible witnesses. And someone, I was, someone was saying that there was, you know, all these people saw Jesus at the same time and they saw the same thing. And there was some talk about whether or not they were just seeing things. But people that are just seeing things they don't see the same thing. If it's a hallucination, they don't see the same hallucination because it comes from within them if it's a hallucination. But all of these people saw Jesus Christ, and uh, even some of them were able to, to touch him. One of my favorite stories um, of the resurrection of Jesus, because uh, I just like that actually was, his, it was what we call a bodily resurrection. And so... What has changed for you and me? Of course, certainly the, uh, the equality of women is a big deal, and it just seems like it's, it's, a, it's a battle, even now, which seems so strange after all these years. But uh, it, it is important, and as Christian people, we have a, a faith and we have an understanding of the equality of women. But there's two more things that have changed. The calendar's changed. The the perceived value of women has changed. But also what can happen with the resurrection of Jesus Christ is your future life has changed. The, at least the possibility of your future life has changed. If you're here today, you have not embraced Jesus Christ personally and are not following him personally, this may or may not apply to you, but there is an open door, there's an open invitation to anyone who will embrace Jesus Christ for these things that I'm going to be talking about next to happen in your future and in your life. First of all, there is the presence of Almighty God in your life. Now, this is, this is so sort of unknown and so off the charts from popular culture and, and what messages you might hear. But Jesus, when he said to his disciples at the very end, he said, I want you to go and tell people about me. But he says, you need to know I will be with you forever. I will always be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Jesus Christ, a lot of times when we pray, I don't know about you, but sometimes I do this. I, when I pray, I think of God being like somewhere out there, like beyond the stars in 
heaven. And it's true that we're supposed to, you know, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. We've been taught to pray like that. But the truth is, is that when we pray, if we've embraced Jesus Christ into our life, the truth is he is with us. He is not far away. And when we pray, we, we can pray just as if, because it's true, pray just as if he's with us. He's in us. And so we have that, that, that changes everything. God isn't like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? I didn't know that. You know, it's like he was looking over here at, you know, some crisis in the Middle East or something. Hey, what, what, you say, what happened to you? You know, God is very aware of all of us all the time. He can, he can uh, multitask quite well. Uh, the second thing that's, that's wonderful about our future uh, is, is the fact that we have the support of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's good for you that I go away because then the Holy Spirit can come to you. And it's not just me, one human flesh person, but it's the, God's Spirit. The Spirit of Christ is with us everywhere we go. And he will teach you and he will guide you into all truth. You'll be able to understand life because the Holy Spirit is with you. You will have power in your life. You know that we can, as Christians, as people of faith, we can pray for people and we can see things happen in their life. He said these, these are the kinds of things that will happen. When you pray for people, you can put your hands on them and they will actually be healed. You can, I was talking to someone the other day about, about a, a test that he had to take for certification at work. and He was all nervous about it and he prayed and his emotions changed just by praying. It's amazing. And it's not just one of those mind after over matter things. It was, and he said it himself, he said, God answered my prayer. When we pray, things will happen. We'll have the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible also talks about guidance. And, you know, if you need to make a decision, you need to know how to do things, how, where your life is supposed to go, you can pray and ask God for guidance Many, many of us here in this room could testify. I'm going to testify. I've prayed for guidance, and I just know God helped me. Anyone else besides me? Because when we pray, God will let us know what we should do. He'll give us wisdom. It's just awesome. And that's all changed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because he is with us. If he was, if he was just one of those guys, one of those many hundreds, perhaps thousands, that were crucified by the Romans in that time. It wouldn't change anything. But he rose from the dead. He's the only one of all of those people who were crucified that rose from the dead. And that changes everything. And last but not least, we believe that this is not all there is. We believe that there is a future. There is an eternity. And uh, your eternal future is changed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The kids are having fun out there. There's just a couple of things I want to say about this. I could talk, I could do a whole ser- sermon series about this. But uh, it's, it says here in John, Jesus was talking to his disciples and a few others that were kind of hanging around. And there were some things that Jesus said, and I thought it was so apropos for Easter. Uh, First of all, in John chapter 6, verse 39, he said this, This is the will of God. Do you want to know what is the will of God? Well, this is one of the things that is God's intention. It's God's will. Jesus said, Jesus, I should not lose even one of those that he has given me, 
but that I should raise them up at the last day. Now, one of these days, there will be an end to the wor- end of the world. Uh, we know we, there's all this talk of climate change and things that are happening and World War VII and, you know, nuclear holocausts and everything that in between. And the world is going to end somehow, one way or another, but it, there is coming a day when Jesus Christ is coming back and it will be literally the end of the world. And on the last day, Jesus said this actually three times in this passage, and I think it's up there on the screen. He says, I I will raise them up on the last day. I won't lose anyone. It's my Father's will that anyone who sees his Son, that's Jesus Christ, and believe in him should have eternal life. Now, this is getting a lot more personal. We talked about your calendar, and we talked about the value of women, and we talked about your sort of everyday life until you pass from, from uh, you know, in the, in the here and now. But now the future, he says, if, if you will believe in Jesus Christ, the Bible says, Jesus says, I will raise them up on the last day. What an amazing thing. Now, raise them up, of course, there's a connection between Easter and Jesus raising us up on the last day. And then uh, last but not least here in John uh, Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And if you have a little inclination right now, something stirring in your heart right now, and you're identifying with this, and you're thinking, you know, maybe I should look into this. That very thought is God at work in you. Because no one is inclined to come to God unless the Holy Spirit draws them unto him. And this beautiful scripture in, uh, in Romans, it's not up there. I just, I, I just love to say it. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will live in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. That same power that raised Christ from the dead on that first Easter morning At the end of the day, at the end of the world, on the last day, that same power will raise you and I up, all who believe in Jesus. Sorry, I have an itchy nose right now. I'm not supposed to do that in public, but can't help it. Now, I want to, I want, there's two more things I want to say, then I'm going to close. So it's probably going to be about five or ten more minutes, probably five minutes. I'm going to try, okay? Just so you know. My favorite portion of the scriptures with regard to Easter. And I also at funerals, I just love this. Uh, It's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I just love how it starts in the the version that I often read. It's it's called the New Living Translation. And he says, I I think in the old English King James version, it says, I want to tell you a mystery. But I I love this. I want to tell you a wonderful secret. You like secrets? I like secrets. I like this secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. When that trumpet sounds, all who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. There's coming a day, I don't know about you, but there's a list of things I'd like to change about my body. 
My wife said, amen. Uh, But it will happen. At the last day, we will have, I mean, you may think you have one now, I don't know. But really, we will have a heavenly body at the last day. And last but not least, here in this, this message, I just want to say one more thing about, about this, and that is that you can know, you can know if this is all going to be true for you. You can know for sure. It's not like, well, I hope so. Well, I'm trying to be good. Actually, you can truly know, and here it is found in, uh, in the Scriptures in 1 John And it says, this is what God has testified. There's a lot of ideas out there, but this is Peter. This is Simon Peter. This is the guy, you know, proverbially, you know, St. Peter at the pearly gates. Okay, he's, he knows what's going on. Okay. And he wrote this and he's, he, sorry, this isn't Peter at all. This is John. Okay. Hello. I'm new at this. He was Jesus' best friend though. John was. He was the one who was the closest one to Jesus. Okay, you can read the story. Okay, this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And whoever has the Son has the life. And whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so it's all focused, again, on who Jesus is, the fact that he rose from the dead on Easter, that first resurrection Sunday. Jesus changed everything. He changed your calendar. He changed how you view people. He changed what your future is here on this earth, and he changed your eternal destiny. Anyone who will receive him, who believe in him and receive him, those are the ones he gives authority to become the daughters and sons of Almighty God. Amen. Can we stand together, please? I'd like to pray for you. I just want to say once again how glad I am that you're here and so grateful for all of our guests and all of our regulars and some of you that, that, uh, that come from time to time and you're back. We're glad that you're here. Now, after I finish praying here in a moment, I'm just going to give you an opportunity, if you would like. We have people at the front that will be willing to pray with you. If you're thinking, you know what, I want to, I want to pray some more. I want to, I want to come just a little closer to God, or I have this need in my life. I'd like prayer. We'll have people on either side, sort of behind the speakers, on either side that will pray with you. The coffee's on. If you have to go, again, so glad that you were here. But let's just pray. And if you can identify with this prayer, why don't you put your hand over your heart or raise your hand to heaven as I pray. And, and just if, if you identify with it, if you want to, you know, say amen, uh, you can do that too or w- whatever you might want to do. But let's respond for a moment here to God. God, I want to thank you for the truth of Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again. Thank you that I have hope now because of what Jesus Christ has done. And I don't want to just have this warm, fuzzy feeling, but I want to live my life in that way. I want to turn away from all of the things in my life that I'm not proud of. I want to turn away from those things that separate me from God 
I want to turn toward God and live my life as a Christian. Come into my life, Jesus. I believe in you. And I pray, Lord, as we have gathered together, we've heard this music, we've, uh, we, we've, we've had this encouraging and challenging message as well. And I, I, just, uh, I just want to uh, pray a, a blessing upon each and every one in this room today, God. Lord, we're here. Uh, we're here, and, and we pray that you will lead us and guide us in the future, that your, that your blessing would be upon each and every one in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.